to the West of North London podcast, where we sit down each and every week to answer your big Arsenal questions. I'm Caleb. And I'm Tim. And it's another fantastically busy week. <laughs> so much going on in the Arsenal world. So many things. Actually, no, I think we were, we're, we're struggling to figure out what to talk about this week, because I think for us, it's hard to talk about a bunch of rumors. It's <laughs> pretty much all that's going around right now. Yeah, I'm not a big rumor person myself, but uh, somehow I think we'll figure out a way to fill the time. <laughs> we always do. We find a way. Um, let's kick things off with drinks in hand. What What do you got? Surprise me. Um, it is a new beer to me. It is San Juan Brewing IPA, which I'd never heard of. I saw it at the store and picked it up. Uh, it tastes like an IPA. I don't know. <laughs> All right. I don't they nailed it. Yeah, I know. Exactly. It's the hops. They have like a whole list of all the things and the hops are Simcoe, Amarillo and Centennial. It's fine. It's good. It's, it's exactly what I want in an IPA. It's not a hazy. It's not any of those new fancy ones. It's a very typical Northwest IPA, which is my favorite. Would buy again, would recommend, but I don't, it's not like it, it's the most amazing thing I've ever put in my mouth, you know? Okay. So straight straight down the middle of the road for that one. Yeah, exactly. I have reached into the the Narnia that is my beer fridge. <laughs> um found another one in the back. That is the Sierra Nevada Bigfoot Barley Wine Style Ale twenty fifth anniversary edition from back in 2008. Woo, we've got an aged barley wine. Getting crazy here. How was the cap when it came off? Did it have any rust on the top or did it look pretty good? It was It was good. It was solid. It had been taken care of. <laughs> What's the ABV on that bad boy? 9%? I'm scared to look. Uh, 9.6%. So... And I, I think with the aging process, that goes up a, a percentage or so. Yeah. or so. Yeah, it depends on how much residual sugar sugar is left, or if there's any evaporation. Right. I would say I put it probably at, at ten at least. I would guess. <laughs> Quite possibly. How is it? Is it? Does it have like a nice little syrupy fa- fla- like mouthfeel to it? We're gonna we're gonna see a live reaction because oh, last wow. time I drank a barley wine, my face told the tale. <laughs> Hmm. That's not bad. Oh, good. That's what not it, bad. What does it got? What's its flavor like? I always think of barley wine. Barley, <laughs> barley wines. It's already hitting me. <laughs> barley wines is tasting kind of like somebody soaked raisins in water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what I compare barley wines to. I totally can get that. Um. So it tastes like that to me. My, oh, my so cultured palate. <laughs> Hmm. Yeah, it's not super alcohol. I mean, I think the last barley wine I had, it was smacking me in the face as soon yeah. as I would take a drink. But definitely uh, alcoholic, but not yeah. so overpowering. Like it's still fairly smooth. So I'm, that's what actually aging does. Is it actually kind of knocks off? Like because you know we all think of alcohol as this one type of one chemical, but alcohols are there's actually several different type of alcohols in alcohol. Mm-hmm. And so aging actually means that some of the harsher alcohols kind of 
evaporate or disappear or change chemically. So that's, you know, one of the advantages of aging both beer and wine is that some of those lesser desired flavors and alcohols disappear. Right. I, uh, I think after my excursions into the barley wine territory, which I hadn't really been familiar <laughs> with, I mean, I'd had some, but never really, um, put much focus on it or tried too many. I, I think I, I could put it into my rotation as like a good, it's definitely not like something I'd reach for in the summer necessarily, but it is a solid winter, winter style ale. I, I think I'm going to add those to the, my winter rotation a little bit more because there's been some good ones. I, I've, I, I, it makes me think I, I need to explore a bit more. Yeah. Like I actually like barley. It's one of the, my favorite things to do is that crack open a bottle and share it with someone. So it's like the first beer you have when someone's hanging out mm. before you switch to more sessionable things. Mm-hmm. So it's always a nice, good shareable beer. Yeah, totally. I could see that. Well, um, yeah, I would give a thumbs up if you could get a hold of a 2008 Bigfoot <laughs> barley wine, give it a try. But, um, yeah, that, the aged ones are definitely nice. So if you can find aged barley wine, even better. Or even age them yourself. I have a couple in the cellar that I've been holding on for uh, when we get back to uh, to normal land. I I think I'd have a hard time um, holding on to it for this long. 2008 is quite the stretch. <laughs> um, and I'm not even sure what the recommended aging time period is eight, 2008 seems like a long time ago <laughs> well i mean with it, it's that's it's a good question you know like with ipas you're supposed to drink right away like the longer they're in the more the hops disappear so like aging ipa is not a bad thing but i mean really if it's a commercially brewed beer and the cap's still intact there's there's no real limit to it as far as i know as far uh-huh. as what's safe What's good, they, they always say that, like, you know, more than a couple of years, it probably doesn't make the biggest of differences, but. Yeah, I, I cannot compare to a, <laughs> a 2000. Well, I would have had to have drank, drank this in 2010. So <laughs> that, even that was a long time ago. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it doesn't taste bad. So I, I'd yeah. say no, no harm, no foul here. Exactly. All right, let's get down to Tim Bits. <laughs> so I actually changed my question late on. I had an earlier question, then I kind of wiped out based on the uh, the whole uh, Concacaf Champions or Nations League final, which was a fun. Did you watch that game? I did not. I was, was coming back from camping, so I didn't get to. Yeah, it, that was it. Was more exciting than I was thought it was going to be. Two VAR penalties and the uh, extra time. All sorts of shenanigans with fans and things. So yeah, it was, it was a fun game. But I don't know. I was watching a, a sports documentary before coming on. And it was all about rugby. And it got me thinking. I was going to ask it about rugby. But I, I have a feeling you don't know all that much about rugby. I don't remember. No, not really. So it's I, a sport I'd be interested in learning more about. But I've never never delved into that. Same with cricket. Like I want somebody to explain these sports to me and kind of guide me through it. Because I... It's not something I'm like just absorbing by watching this those sports. I, I get I get so addicted to sports documentaries; it's not funny. And uh, so I've watched. A, there's a great one on Netflix. Is it Netflix? I think it's Netflix on the 2020 cricket Premier League in India, which mm. if you get a chance. I think it's called 2020. I don't know exactly what it's called, but I got really big into it. 
even got a team Hyderabad for anyone watching, listening, who knows 2020 cricket. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but I figured uh, talking about rugby might be a little bit much for you. So I switched it to American football. And my question is, what would be your top three players? Like if you could draft out of the Arsenal team to make a, a American football team, who would you draft out of Arsenal to play American football? Okay. All right. Um, I think you gotta, you gotta bring in Leno. You gotta have a leg, right? Yeah. So, so there's, there's number one, number two, uh, Kolasinac is still on the team and I think you need to have some muscle. So he's got the size to make a, the, the transition to American football. Um, number three, I think you have to have a winning mentality. Who has the winningest mentality on the team? That's, I, you know what? <laughs> just for giggles, just for shits and giggles, I would put Dave, David Louise. Oh, I knew you would, yes. <laughs> Why not? Can you imagine uh, him on What a position football? would you put him as? Oh, my goodness. Um, oh. I, I think I think I would I would throw him I would throw him as a cornerback. I'd put him on defense. He's got the length that like he could go up for for jump balls and and be a good defender. Um and you could get in your head. I think he would he would do some some good trash talking. Um Yeah, I think those those are my three. Yeah. I think it'd be hilarious to watch all three of them give it a try. <laughs> well, I think with Leno, you could have a leg, but I also think he could he could make a run at being quarterback. He has like pretty good mm-hmm. distribution for a keeper, and like I could see him kind of playing w, double duty as kicker and uh, quarterback. Yeah, I, I would go with wherever he was stronger there, but yeah, he could give it give a try on both of those. And this being that. said, I would like to say I know very little to nothing about American football, so. <laughs> If my choices are wrong, I, I think another person who uh, is your player of the Arsenal player of the year, Pepe, I think he could be a good wide receiver because he's really, really fast. Mm. Yeah. I don't know if he would have the but hands. Does he have the hands? Yeah, that's the question. You could be speedy, but you got to be able to catch and, and do it under pressure. It's not just to be able to pressure. catch the ball. You have to do it against another person at all times, maybe two or three. Yeah, but I mean, he is good at taking on. That's where he's at his best, right? Is taking on players. So, yeah, true. I think once he got the ball, he'd be hard to catch, and he would put some moves on some players. So, I, I would like to see that. Yeah, maybe just have him do that, like one play where the wide receiver gets a direct handoff, so Leno is handing it off to uh, Pepe. There we go. I want to see this now. It sounds great. <laughs> Sounds interesting. I'm sure there's a way to simulate it. I, I bet you you could make these players on the NFL video game. Yes, if you're if you're a video game creator listening to this and want to make an, a really a really dumb video game just for fun, you know, football football does football. I think that there's a game there. Yeah, I mean, well, because I know in FIFA you can like make your your own players and like kind of modify mm-hmm. them. So I imagine you can do it on the NFL on the. EA, whatever they call it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm sure somebody could go, go crazy and uh, get very, get the, the look down for all those players. But I don't, I, I, I do want to see the real thing. I got to, I, I got to see how these guys would hold up. 
I think it'd be funny because I think you'd have to put zero on uh, on hands or like catching skills on pretty much all of them, but the keepers. Right. Yeah, I think that the dexterity goes way down. Yeah, with the hands, <laughs> they might even be not you know purposely not catching balls. Yeah, just it's trained into them to to not put the hands up. It'd be hard to be jumping for the ball with their hands behind their back. (laughs) The cornerbacks are all trying to hit the ball. away. (laughs) Oh, I'd love to see that. Well, one day it sounds like it sounds like a Nike commercial or something, you know, just kind of a, a wacky take. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, let's move on from those shenanigans. Um, there's, hasn't been a ton going on with Arsenal. I, it's it's pretty quiet as far as official business goes. Um, the transfer window is is just about to open. I think is that tomorrow. I think it's tomorrow. Is it Wednesday. the ninth or the tenth? This week we'll say this week. Yes. So it opens up this week, um, and already it sounds you know I think one of the. Um, Names Arsenal was linked with. Uh, Emu Bendia is sounding like he's going to Villa instead. Um, so one down, many more options to go, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, I think it's it's a matter of um, trying to figure out what Arsenal really need right now. Uh, so in, in your mind, and, and I, I kind of want to go through the whole line up and figure out who who who's expendable as far as who we have but in your mind what kind of positions do we need to go out and fill i mean i think it's going to be a little dependent on who goes as well there's a mm-hmm. there's always that uh um and i think you know really it's not like any position is stocked and doesn't need improvement and a, a getting a new player would actually improve the team in pretty much everywhere but keeper i'm pr- i'm pretty okay with our keeper i think leno is about the best we can get at our level you know he, that's one of the positions that we're rumored to be looking at which is <laughs> you know it's so perfectly arsenal it's like the ones you think are going to be set in stone or nothing to worry about something is bound to come up that either the team thinks they can do better or the player thinks they can do better. Yeah. I mean, I know there was a little bit of a rumor of him possibly leaving in the off season, but from what I understand that like got quashed and again, I don't really give a lot of credence to rumors until they're, they're fairly hot and fairly official. Right. Uh, but yeah, like I, I, I said, like I'm, I'm not hot and bothered about trying to get a new keeper right now, but it, anywhere else we need something. I think, if I were to have to pick one position, I think creative midfielder, that that position that was vacated by Ozil and Odegaard showed how much we missed it. I think that would be the place I would if, if I if I had to put all my, my money into one place, that would be the place I'd put it in. Assuming he was um made available by Real Madrid, is that your is that your number one or do you think they do you think they could do better looking elsewhere? I mean, I'm, I'm sure they could. There, there are better players. I mean, it, it really depends on money. <laughs> it's a money mm-hmm. value equation, and it depends on how much. I, I definitely don't have uh, my heart set on him coming, especially now that uh, Zidane's gone from Madrid, right? And they're re- they look like they're really going to try and invest or not invest, but like 
put youth first. And so I think he's going to have a spot on that Madrid team. So I'm not, I'm not holding my breath for that, but uh, hypothetically, yeah, I would take him for the right price also because he's had half a season at Arsenal to kind of adjust and to, you know, get used to it, which is always nice. As we've seen with Pepe, sometimes it takes a while for a player to kind of bet in, you Mm -hmm. know? Yeah. I think, um, even after another six months or so, we could see another level from Odegaard. Uh, but it's nice to get a, a, a good sense of what a player can do in the team. Um, you're not starting from scratch. It's, uh, I think there's a lot of value in that, and I think it would be worth a little extra money if they was if he was available. I think that makes um, makes it more palatable to spend a little extra. I mean, I think um, the you know if if, if Buendia was on the radar, he was in the thirty to forty um, million range, and I, I think not having. It's not like Odegaard's guaranteed to go kick on and have like a, a, a huge career with Arsenal necessarily, but at least you know what the floor is, so that that's that's a good place to start and and might make uh you know spending ten million more more palatable, um when you you have that little bit of assurance that you wouldn't have with other players. Yeah, and I think. Uh with him, one of his problems is he's just never really had a consistent run at a team. He's been loaned out, hasn't gotten minutes on a lot of teams. And so, and I think having him having a little bit of stability would be good for his career. But as I said, I'm, I'm definitely not holding my breath. It's every, all the, the vibes I'm getting from all the experts I listen to are saying that he's, he's going to be at Madrid and not really going to transfer back. Yeah. I'd be quite surprised if that's what, what, comes to pass um i think i'd be i guess i'd be less surprised if he was loaned again um i could see that as a possibility over a sale i mean the the only thing is madrid is is desperate for money right now which is why they're investing in you the way they i don't think they're gonna go make a huge bunch of signings which is does mean if the if the price is right they will sell them, but I think their need for young players under contract is higher than their need for forty billion pounds or whatever we'd get get for them. Yeah, I think it just comes comes down to whether he's actually going to be a first team player or if he's going to be stuck behind a player or two. Um, if that's the case, I think he would push for a loan, and and if if they're strapped for cash, then us taking on his, his salary at least for another season um, might be beneficial for both. And I, I don't know what the market looks like for that position necessarily for us. Um, if the right player isn't out there, I imagine we're going to be, well, either way, I kind of think the loan is going to be, there's going to be a loan or two on this team just to make the, uh, the money work because I, I can't imagine we can, fill every single position of need um with the amount of money that we're gonna gonna be able to generate from sales and i i just can't guarantee you know you, there's no guarantee that the cronkies will actually invest even though they said they will i mean what does that actually mean the if if the bar was set with um with party you know they were involved to some degree with that that signing and, and invest investment there um I don't know. I guess I get 
would expect maybe that to be the the minimum. Um, but I, I can't see them going crazy above that as far as player investments. I think it's going to be um, mostly generated from sales and, and that sort of thing. So all that said, um, yeah, I would, I would not be set. I wouldn't be surprised if we tried to bring in a couple loan, loan players. Um, but clearly the, the number 10 position is, is something that should be invested in and, and they should try to get right. It, whether that happens now or later, we'll have to wait and see, I guess. Yeah. Is that, where's, where's your priority? Where would you put most of your, your, your war chest in if you only had one or maybe two positions? I do kind of feel like, um, we have, you know, it's hard because I, I, I don't think Neil Smith Rowe is that guy. I don't think he's a number, number 10 in the, in the creative sense. I think he could fill in that slot. I think he could play in that central central midfield role and, and do fine. But he just, he, we, we saw it this season with him playing at the same time as Odegaard. They, they play that position very differently. Um, so I, I, I don't think he's a long-term solution there. Um, but yeah, we, we just gotta, we just gotta get that one right. I, Cause I, I, it is an important piece. Um, I don't want to go spend a bunch of money on the wrong player is what I'm trying to get at. Uh, but I think like if you could get by with Saka and Emil Smith Rowe and Pepe in that band of three, and you couldn't find that right guy to fill the number 10, I think the next position that I would be looking to fill is that, uh, Shaka replacement because from everything we're hearing right now, um, at least one of the most persistent rumors in the uh, preseason right now is uh, Chaka going to Roma. Um, and it's, I think it's just a matter of finding the right amount of money, um, which could be anywhere from 15 to 20 million from what everybody is saying. Uh, so I think finding the the right, right player to slot in next to party, I think is probably the next biggest hole that needs to be filled in this team. Um, and I think just, just having an, 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 uh, somebody to back up Shaka, even if he stayed would be an important piece as well. Yeah. just, it's, it's weird when we start talking, I know we're going to go through the team and talk about who's going out, but it's hard to think about getting a replacement for Shaka for only for the amount of money we're talking about 15 to 20. Like, are we going to get anyone that much better for that amount of money? You know? No, I think that's. I, I think we'll sell Jaka for that much, but or somewhere in that range. But I think that's going to take an additional investment um, to improve on him. Unless you're looking at like a um, one of the players that's been tossed around right now is uh, Nevis from uh, the Wolves. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he would cost a little bit more. Uh, I think they're looking for about forty million. But I think that's the range. You're, you're probably looking at thirty to forty million for that number ten and that number six role. Um, I think those the that's a reasonable investment in that. That's those sorts of important players for the team. Um, it it kind of depends on whether you're. 
it, it's always the the a the age profile versus experience like i think nevis makes some sense as far as he's uh i think five years younger than than jaka so continuing to build around youth makes sense to me but i also feel like you you need um you either need somebody with big potential like odegaard like um or you know it, it doesn't matter if you buy young if there's like they just suck and never <laughs> aren't worth the resale value anyway. Like it's, it's great to have, um, to buy young and then develop players. And, um, you hope that's the way that Arsenal kind of starts moving in, in that they can kind of self fund through player development. Um, not just through the Academy, but through bringing in younger players and having them develop in the first team as well. So I think, you know, a, a player that's 24 makes a lot of sense, but you want to also build around players that bring experience and have skill and aren't like one for the future. You kind of need to have that mix of players that are good for now and um, ones that will develop because you can't just have, I think Arteta's alluded to, you can't just have a team of youth players because all that potential is not going to come to fruition all at once. That takes That takes years to build out. And so you kind of have to have a good mix of experience and, uh, and potential there. Yeah. And I think a lot of teams won't go try and go down that road of, uh, of just being a, you know, developing youth and the, the danger with it is that it, it only wor- works very rarely for every soccer you have, you have a ton of like chumucks or like, uh, players that just don't work out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a very risky strategy. And, you know, like when you look at it, who's winning the champions league, who's winning these, uh, the, the leagues, it's not teams that are developing youth players to sell on, you know? So it's, it is a hit to your ambition. If you, if you become a, a youth develop, like use youth development as your, your sole strategy. Yeah. When you look at the top teams, it's definitely, a. you know, they're loaded with talent. It's not a lot of potential talent. It's, sprinkled with potential talent and that it really does help those those players grow to be around really talented um teammates so uh we can't deny the effect that david louis had in the in the taking the the younger players under his wing and and being a a leader uh i i do think you need one or two of those guys in the squad to kind of help round out that development process because it can all come from Arteta. It's got a lot of that refinement comes from your peers and comes from players that have done it and, um, and are doing it with you. So it, it, it's not just a coach coaching staff thing. Um, we, we do, ha- I, I do think like having a good mix of experience and, um, and, and youthful exuberance is important. Like it, it we need, I'd love to put a lot of focus on youth and and make that kind of a priority as far as um, kind of creating a machine that turns out really good players and 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 ones that can help us along the way. But I, I do think it, it, it can't be all that. It's gotta it's gotta be a good a good chemistry, which is is not something you can easily buy. I think that's another another reason. Um. Odegaard would be a great signing because that chemistry takes time to develop. When you've got six months with the players that you're going to play with, you can hit the ground running. So there's absolutely some value in that. And 
it's 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 a challenge when you're looking at these rebuilds which is essentially what arsenal's at i mean it's it's been perpetually rebuilding it's just it comes in fits and spurts just waste based on the players that we can offload i mean we've had to take take losses so it takes takes time when you don't have the money to do it um all at once and the way the market's been it has not been easy to to do that as well but um you know you need to uh I totally just lost my train of thought. Damn you, barley wine. <laughs> you were talking about rebuilds, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it just takes, a, it takes a lot of time and a lot of it is, is uh trial and error when it comes to chemistry. Um, mm-hmm. because you're going to have to, uh, you have to find the guys that, that a want to fight for the badge and want to stick around and will show up for you, but also guys that work well together with the players that you've already invested in. So that always doesn't always just click. And, and may not ever click with some players. And so that those, those trial and error sort of things, like um, when you're going through big rebuilds, it's that, that can be one of the most frustrating aspects because that's hard to determine from a scouting report. Yeah. And uh, with another position, what do you think we're doing with our forwards? What's, what's, what's going on with our forwards? What do we do? What do we need? Do we need to bring in another forward? I think the piece of that that I'm most curious about right now is um, where Lacazette's going to be. Um, he's got a year left on his contract. He has had a decent couple seasons. I mean, he was top top goal goal scorer this year, and is was it not last year but the season before he was MVP. So he's had a couple good seasons with with Arsenal, but it if they had somebody who who came in and was interested in taking him off our hands, I think they would they would gladly sell him. If not, I think it comes down to whether they feel Martinelli and Balogun are good enough to fill in that role alongside Aubameyang. So then it, 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 at that point, do you just let him run out his contract? I mean, if nobody comes in for him, I don't know what else, what else you do because I, they're not, I, I don't see any reason to sign him out to an extension at this point. Yeah. I mean, uh, the, my only worry is that if we just let him run out his contract, it's just one other player that we've let run out his contract and you know, you're leaving value on the table for that. And, like, well, it, and we have a it's history only value. If, if somebody actually wants him, I mean, that's, that's kind of what it comes down to. If nobody wants to pay it, pay to take him off our hands then we're kind of, our hands are tied at that point. Anyway. Well, I mean, I, I think that at some point that he does have some value there, there there's somebody that'll pay some amount of money for him, whether it's what mm. we want is another question. Sure. But like, I mean, he would get somewhere on a free transfer. He would get somewhere on a hundred dollars. Like there, somewhere someone is willing to pay some sort of money. It's whether what we value him at, and it just is. You know, it it feels like we we as Arsenal tend to pile up these running out the contracts, you know, losing money on these players, type of thing. So that that would be my only my only worry. Uh, I definitely don't think we should sign him to another contract. I mean, I have a fairly strong opinion on signing over 30 year olds to any type of contract. Yeah. I, I see no reason to extend him at, at, at 30 years old. He's not, 
we're not going to get two more good years out of him. You know, I think it's, I don't know that you're protecting his value too much by adding an additional year as well. Um, he's currently valued at, at 30 million. Um, I, I would be hard pressed to see us getting 30 for him. I, I mean, I, I can see it. There, there. I mean, it'll be a weird. It's going to be a weird transfer. I don't think there's going to be a lot of money again. I think I've said that before on this program. Uh, but I can see he has some value. He is a proven goal scorer. He was our leading goal scorer. Let's not like beat around the bush. He's a proven goal scorer. There are plenty of teams in Europe, and I'm, I, you know, he's, I'm not talking about like the Real Madrids or Barcelonas here. But there's plenty of teams in Europe that will take him. There's plenty of teams in the French league that would take him. Mm-hmm for you know 15 easy you know it's just how much how much you know money do we want to recoup on him versus how much value we think he'll add next year yeah and and i think that just comes down to the 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 development of of balligan and and martinelli but when you when you talk and when you remove lacazette from that equation that position does feel a little thin especially with, um, you know, Balogun's kind of unproven at the, at the first team level. Uh, Martinelli has not gotten a, a huge chance to establish himself yet. We see he's, he's another player that has loads of potential, but hasn't like found uh, consistent form just because he hasn't had consistent playing time. Um, and then you've got Aubameyang who's been, a little all over the place this last season and we don't really know what we're going to get out of him um in this next season and I, I think we we have got a gap there so I, Lacazette could certainly fill that hole um but I think we I I wouldn't be sad to sell off Nketiah and uh, Lacazette and go get another another player to kind of round out our striker core a little bit more. Here's a question. Would you sell Aubameyang? That's tough. I, I Only if we could recoup cost. I think that at this point we're, we're in a solid contract with him. I, I don't think he's got a lot of people clamoring for his signature at the moment but if the right if the right uh offer came in I wouldn't I wouldn't shut it down at third at 31 if you could make money off of him if you could um find a way to reinvest that money into younger players I I wouldn't feel too bad about that right now I mean like the interesting thing is like I, I'm, I'm not talking about even recouping his full transfer fee that we even paid for him mm but no. you know, if you could get a decent amount of money for him and get those wages, future wages off the books, I don't think it's a bad idea. Because I just I don't see him getting better. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? And with strikers, it's always a danger. Like when they come fall off the cliff, they usually fall off the cliff hard. Mm-hmm. You know. And I saw this last year as if he hasn't fallen off the cliff, he's like hanging on with his little pinky finger on the cliff right now. And this, and I mean, there's all possibility that he can throw, pull himself back up off, but there's a, a good chance he's falling off the cliff, and we're going to be on the hook for his wages for the next couple of years after that. So, 
I, I feel yeah. like if there's a, a very decent offer, I would take it. Yeah, he's currently valued at twenty seven five. That makes sense. I, it, if somebody came in with twenty, I'd be tempted. But it's hard because it does leave a huge gap. Um, if you if you were to sell off Lacazette, Nketiah, Aubameyang, that's that's huge. That would be a lot to replace. Um, lot. I don't know if you could at that point. No, you, I don't know if you could necessarily, but I. I mean, it's just like it, it, it's that gamble, and it's, I guess why I'm not a uh, general manager of how much production are you certain that Aubameyang is going to put in anyways? Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's, that, that's the thing is like, if he's going to be, have a bad year again, it's like, it's, you know, you could sell him, get that money and invest in more young players or even put it all those three together and get, I don't know what Zaha is going for right now, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you could get, get, 60 million out of those three, three players somehow, or, you know, maybe a little 50, we'll call it 50 to be on the, on the (laughs) error on the arsenal prices, because that's (laughs) typically lower than you think. Um, but yeah, like 50 million between the three of them. Um, there's a that's a decent player. That's your Odegaard. That's, um, but I mean, hopefully you go, you go and and find somebody who can produce regularly and, and get you, you know, 15 to 20 goals a season. Um, that's, you, you, you can't necessarily, um, get that all out of one player. Maybe you go out and get a couple 20, $30 million prospects with a lot of potential. Um, so I, I could see him going a lot of different ways with that, but I don't know if that's an area of priority really for Arsenal right now. I think it's, um, it might become one if the right offers came in, but I think the, uh, the midfield is probably where they would put a lot of their their work as far as um, recruitment goes at this point. And that kind of just brings us to one last uh, part of the field that we haven't really talked about much, which, which is our defense. Uh, do you think that's kind of our lowest priority right now that we have enough to to, to make it through? Or seems like we're always being linked to other center backs, um, even though Saliba is supposedly coming back and, and fighting for a spot with the team. Um, there's a never ending parade of center backs that we get linked with. So I don't know if that is rooted in any truth or if that's like people, um, making judgments on how the Saliba situation has, has gone about and decided that they, they can make credible links with Arsenal because there's some, some cracks in that, uh, that relationship. Um, but I, I think our, the real areas of need would be, um, you know, I think Bellerin's going to go. So finding a, a, a solid first choice right back or another, another player to, um, fight for that spot. I don't know if, I don't know in their mind if they, it, if if Bellerin leaves, who the number one player is, is is that a gap in in the coach's mind, or is that something they feel they can get by with um, a combination of Cedric and and Chambers, or you know bring back Ainsley, Maitland, Niles, and let those three duke it out for the first first team spot? I don't know how 
uh, interested Ainsley Maitland-Niles is in that. Um, he's he's still talking about being a midfielder first, and uh, I think he's expecting first team minutes coming back from his loan. So I think he's going to push hard for that. And if he doesn't get it, he's going to want to transfer. So then it comes down to Cedric and Chambers. And is that enough? But maybe they go for somebody who's maybe not as experienced and can kind of work his way up and challenge those other two players. Um, And you have a similar situation with, uh, with our left back spot, you've got, Tierney holding that spot down, but I think you need need somebody who can come in and um, not be a significant drop-off, which is hard because he is so good, but uh, also find somebody who can maybe push Tierney a little bit. I think it's every position needs some depth that can help push the, the first team player to not get too comfortable. Yeah, and I also worry with uh, Tierney that we just play him way too much that we rely oh, on way too much. And he, the, the kid needs some rest. He's going to be one of the players at the, uh, the Euros. And while I don't expect Scotland to go very far, I mean, they have a tidy team. Um, and he's just, he's going to get more of those minutes for the Euros and then pop right back into the, the league, which is coming up faster than you think. Mm-hmm. And I just, I want some rotation. Cause I, I look at tyranny as a long-term player and you need to just give those types of players some rest or it's just going to burn him out, you know? Totally. I think you need to, um, we, you know, the Xhaka experiment was not great. The necessity of having Saka play back there for a couple games um, pulls him out of his more ideal position. And, yeah, I don't think Cedric's the answer on that side at all. So we really don't have a true backup for that spot. And I think they'd be um, neglecting an opportunity to, to shore up that position in the off season. And it really does just put too much pressure on Tierney. I, and and it, the amount of shuffling we had to do to accommodate Xhaka moving back there. And if we don't have Xhaka, like it's really, um, there's not a lot of good options. <laughs> that is a, a, a worry. But I, I mean, I think we've kind of gone from f- top to bottom where that, that is the least of my worries because at least we have a competent player in that position that I enjoy <laughs> watching. So. Yeah, I think uh, the other spot that has come up as a potential issue would be the goalkeeping position. And I again, I don't know if that's the um, the coaches not having faith in Leno, or if Leno is uh, pushing for a move, or if the writing's on the wall that Leno maybe not doesn't want to be the long term keeper. I think that there's um, either finding a backup that can push Leno for the time being and maybe take over in a year or two, um, or going out and and outright replacing him is a possibility. At least some of the rumors have pointed that direction. I, I don't know if it would be a, an upgrade. It's hard to say. Uh, th- we were linked to the Ajax keeper and I'm forgetting his name right now, but he was dealing with um, a doping ban 
Yeah, have fun, fun. And so that was driving his price down. But, you know, all the tape I saw on him, looked he looked really solid. So he was appealing that this last week. And I don't know if there was um, a decision made on that. But he could potentially go for a cut rate price if he's even given a half season ban. It might not be too bad um, to to buy him low and then just ride it out. I mean, even though with the ban, it's a, players that come off dopey man. There's kind of two ways it can go. And if the if the doping was real and they're definitely off of it, they definitely hit a sharp decline. You know, so yeah. It's a it's a, it's a risk. I'm gonna. I don't. I actually don't really understand the chatter of the goalkeeper if it's a replacement because I said I don't think for the money that we would get for him we could get a better replacement for him I think he's about at level he's a you know you know second best keeper in Germany like I don't I, I just can't see getting a better replacement and I also am not ready to write off Runerson yet I know he had one mm-hmm. bad game and everyone wants to just throw him out the, the window and it, it, it's funny because how many bad games have like you know Hardy had or Aubameyang had or even uh, uh, Luis had and people were still okay with like them starting. I think, I think there, there's still potential with Runarsson and I, I mean, maybe not as a starter right now, but I think as a backup, he has potential. So it's just like, it's a, right now it's a kind of a triage situation where we need to prioritize where our money goes. And I just can't see keepers being the biggest bleeding wound that we need to, put the the salve of money on you know let's say if anything's consistent about arsenal there's always money spent on a position that i did not think we needed to spend it on <laughs> almost every season i mean look at william i was just like that's not we have pepe like we <laughs> do not need this player uh, that, that might go down as one of the worst transfers not only just because of the 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 performance on the field but just because we didn't need him. And all of us were saying we didn't need him. He was too old and he was going to suck up money that we didn't need him to suck up. Yeah. That proved very true. Like (laughs) that at no point did he ever come close to earning, earning his keep there. Um, let's talk a little bit about the player, a little bit more about the players that we have that could go. Um, I'm just going to go down the list here and I'm going to read the name. You tell me if uh, if the if you think the player will be uh, an Arsenal player at the start of the next season. All right. All right. Yep. Uh, so Leno. Ah uh, yes. Uh, Runerson. Probably. Okay. Uh, Gabriel. Yeah. Uh, Rob Holding. I can see him going. Okay. Uh, what about Chambers? Again, I could see him going. Okay. Uh, Pablo Marie? Uh, yeah, he'll stay. Uh, Tierney, obviously. Gonna stay. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah there's, he's one of the dead Don't ones. even need to say that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Bellerin? Uh, he's gone. I think he's out. Uh, Suarez, Cedric Suarez. I think we keep him. Okay. Uh, party. He stays. Xhaka? I think he's probably on his way out. What about El Meni? I mean, I think he stays unless we get a good deal. I mean, like that's probably the same. He, but he, it, he's on the bubble. He's on the bubble, yeah. Okay. 
Joe Willick. Willick. I think he goes. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna skip Emil Smith Rowe because it sounds like he's signing an extension yeah. here soon. Um, I think Martinelli's in the same boat. I don't know if I need to read that. <laughs> Saka clearly. Pepe staying. What about William? I think he might be going. I hope so. Oh my god, I'll be so mad if he stays. <laughs> I just, I, 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 it just obviously isn't working, and I, I fear for him if he he shows up with the fans in the stadium because I don't think he's going to get a great reception on the field. <laughs> no, no. I I saw something today that said one of the, uh, uh, it, uh, the Miami DPS was not happy. I was like, okay, good. Clear out of space for William. That'd be great. <laughs> Although Miami is probably not in any position right now to sign DPs, considering they had five of them and have a uh, two million dollar fine. Hit against ah, two cap. million dollars, nothing in the Beckham Empire. Well, no, it's probably a, just eat that. It's two million against the cap too. Like they took it away, two million away from the cap, which is actually significant. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty big. Yeah, well, that William might be lucky to to come in in, in a like a a Tam. <laughs> yeah. I just like it, it. It just it's sometimes with players, and you know, I'm 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 not even feeling that much ill will towards him. I don't think he's a horrible player. I think this whole Arsenal him here thing just didn't work out, and it's best for all of us to just go our separate ways. He will probably go somewhere else and do just fine. Exactly. I, it's just not for us. Um, what about Reese Nelson? I can. I mean. It, we talked a lot about the forwards, but uh, depending on things go, if we keep both Aubameyang and uh, Lacazette, I can think of him being one of the ones to go. Yeah, I mean, he has not caught a sniff of the of playing time in general. I think he's been playing uh, for the U twenty threes. Not his, his his value is dropping as we speak. Uh, it's <laughs> it, it's not a great great place in his career. So I think he absolutely has to figure out how to get playing time. I I could see him going on loan if they can't find a, a suitor, but at 21, he still has the potential to, you know, find his form and come back and be a good player. I, I think he did great when he was at, um, was it Hoffenheim? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, playing time clearly is something that player needs, and I wouldn't be quick to get rid of him because I think he has a lot of potential as a right winger, but... Um, He's not gonna. He's not gonna displace Pepe anytime soon. And if William stays, then there's really no place for him. <laughs> yeah, I just. I don't know. I think there's. I think loan is probably the best place for him, or at least uh, there is a market for him for some of maybe the uh, the teams towards the bottom of the Premier League table, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. That there might be uh, some willingness to spend some cash on him because he does have talent. He's he's shown flashes of it. So. Absolutely. I, I think similar to Joe Willock, it's it all comes down to if they can get first team minutes with Arsenal. I just don't don't see either one of those players benefiting from coming off the bench too much at this point in their career. Yeah. I mean, I'd love for Newcastle to pick up Joe Willock. I think it again it'd be a, a better situation for everyone involved if we can get the right money. Because right now yeah. I know Newcastle fans will love Willock. Yeah. And if we could pull twenty million or, or fifteen to twenty million for Willock, that would be that would be good, good money spent or a good deal for us. 
Yeah, unfortunately, uh, the owner of Newcastle isn't really known for uh, spending well or big. At all. At all. <laughs> um, Lacazette, we've kind of talked about a little bit, but wh- where do you think he lands? I do think at the end of the day, he's probably going to stay. Mm, okay. Um, Aubameyang. Staying. And uh, last but not least, Nketiah. I could see him gone. Yeah, I think that's another player that could uh, potentially go. He's valued right about the same amount as uh, as Joe Willock. Um, so, you know, between him, Nelson, uh, and Willock, I think there's potential for all three of them to go if the right price came in. Yeah. I mean, I, I, when I was thinking, I was thinking about this cause I knew this question was going to come up even before we had it on the outline and I was thinking about it in the shower and I, I was like, really, we can't, we don't, we can't afford to be too precious. And I think pretty much everybody, but Sokka, Pepe, a couple of the people that we didn't even entertain, but most of the players are up for me. Yeah. That if, if the pr- price is right, we, we take it at this point. Yeah. There's three I didn't mention that were out on loan and that would be uh Ganduzi. He's coming back everything I hear and I, I don't mm. think there's much of a market for him, unfortunately. I saw something that said Marseille might be an interested I would take it in a heartbeat. If we could yeah. get rid of him I'd take it in a heartbeat. I think they that there was talk about um I think the rumor said that we would exercise the option that we have on Ganduzi to extend him to two years on his contract and then sell him for a little bit more with that in mind. Um, so if, if Marseille's into that, I'm all for it. Uh, the other, the other uh, midfielder is uh, Torreira. Unfortunately, um, I think he's going to stick around. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I don't think his loan spell really did much for him. And yeah, I mean, there might be a suitor for him, but I could see him going out on loan again. Um, which is a shame because we we talked about that position needing like that Jacques replacement, and I thought for a while he might be that replacement. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Um, yeah, I just don't know if he is that player that we thought he was. Yeah, I I, I don't. I don't get the sense that Arteta rates him. I just don't know that he's going to um, give him the time that he needs to establish himself next to party. Uh, the other, the other one we, we kind of mentioned already was Ainsley Maitland Niles. And I, I, I don't know what do you, what do you think? Is he, is he an Arsenal player for the future? Or is he gone? I think he's gone. I think long-term he's not going to be sticking around. So the sooner we can, get him out and you know yeah i just i feel like uh yeah i mean he didn't impress that much at west brom i wish i wish he would be more open to changing positions because i think that would change a lot of people's valuation of him mm-hmm. but him being so stubborn about being a midfielder when it maybe not his best position is unfortunate you know yeah i i I feel like if you want playing time, you you play wherever the coach puts you. You don't argue. Yeah. And I just I don't know if he's ever going to find what he wants with Arsenal as long as he has this um 
idea in his mind that he needs to be in, in midfield. I think that's that's hurting him and his development. Like, why not be the best right back you could be instead well, if that's where the opportunities are coming? And that's the thing is, is like you could you can make a career out of being that. And then you can also switch positions later. If you're proving, if you're on the right, if you're right back and you're just marauding and doing awesome things, a coach will try you out eventually as a left or as a right winger or as a right midfielder. You know, we see that with Yedlin on the U S national team and for, and for the Sounders that, uh, you know, he, you know, started as a right back, but really they're starting to position him more as a midfielder because of his pace. So if you can, mm-hmm. if you can prove that you have, the skills at right back, you're going to get your chances at uh, midfield as well, you know? Yeah. And I, I don't think that's ever been part of his, a strong part of his game. And I don't know that giving him the time there in, in midfield is going to change that. I think he's, he is the player that he is. I think he might like being in the uh, midfield better, being closer to the action, but I, I, I don't think he's a bad right back like he's he's i think the sooner he comes to terms with that the better for his career but that i i wonder what other teams view him as well i mean i imagine what's going to happen is he's going to get to another team with those promises and then eventually they're going to try and put him back at right back and he's going to have that same issue you know Mm mm-hmm and it's just uh i mean the best performances i remember from him were when he was at right back at, for the first team, at least. So yeah. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, all power to him if he's going to stick to his guns, and that's that's fair enough. But then you know, it's going to change your tra- trajectory. Yeah, quite a bit. All right. Well, I think that's the that's the whole team there. I it's. I would imagine we're going to need to self three or four players plus loan a couple. So it leaves a lot of holes to fill. Um, if that's the case, uh, I'm hopeful that the lack of rumor is, is is not an indicator that nothing's happening. (laughs) It's too early to say, probably it's too early to say it's just, it's a uh, tournament year, you know, both the world cup and the Euros really affect prices and most people just kind of wait till after those plus it's, it's really hard to negotiate contracts when these players are playing for their national teams at these tournaments they tend to like not want to deal with that side of things yeah so, i feel like it goes one of two ways you've got teams that want to get a lot of their business settled before the euros so there's a, a usually a flurry of of deals that are done right at the opening of the window and then other teams will kind of sit back and and see who performs well in the Euros and, and makes their their plays based on on those uh, performances? Exactly. So I, I I'd be surprised for the next three four weeks to see any major signings. I mean, around the league and especially for Arsenal. So, but I could be wrong. There could be some secrets <laughs> bandied about. Yeah, I'm sure there is work being done in the background. But um, you know, Arsenal are in an interesting position in that we don't have the European football to offer players. So um, it may be that those, those players need to kind of put themselves out there and see if they can find a spot on, on a team that's getting into Europe and then 
when that doesn't happen, then they kind of will go, okay, well, Arsenal's the next best option. So it might be for us, a lot more happens towards the end of the, of the window as, as things kind of shake out a bit more and players get, uh, don't get the offers that they thought they were going to. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I, I think it's going to be a nervy, nervy window. And, uh, I think there's going to be a lot of stuff going on towards the end of it. And last minute, will be all luckily for us. It doesn't, I think it hits at like 10 o'clock in the morning or something like that. So mm. two o'clock in the afternoon, I forget the exact time when it closes on our end. So we don't have to stay up all night. Yeah. How, how much faith do you have in Edu and Arteta to make things happen based on their limited um, experience with Arsenal so far? It, I mean, if you really want my real opinion, I don't have a lot of faith in Edu. He hasn't mm. so far. He hasn't really proven proven it i think he was big on his contacts with agents which always makes me nervous i don't think those are necessarily the best signing i think those are how you get players like william uh and you know i don't think arteta right now has enough capital to really show that he's a, a player picker. You know, he's, he's definitely much more in my mind, a manager as opposed to, or a coach more than a manager. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, confidence wise, I'm, I'm a little nervous in reality. I don't, I, there's a lot that I do has to prove on my end. Yeah. I think he's, he's had a couple of successes. I think Gabrielle's a success. I think getting Oda garden here was a success. Um, getting rid of some of the players that he was able to move on was a success. Uh, but he's had, he's had some misses as well. I don't think any, any, um, anybody in his position is, nobody has a perfect record. I will say it's, you're going to have some bad signings here and there. Banger had bad signings here and there. He had a good eye, but he had, he had some duds in there as well. Yeah. You can't, you cannot win them all. Yeah, I just I, I do hope that at some point we we start re- reinvesting in our scouting and our our data science and things like that. That I I know that there's been some movement in that direction after we gutted it, but uh, that's where I'd be more trusting than you know Adu himself. Mm-hmm. Right, I think if it's a Brazilian player, then we've got a great advantage. <laughs> We do have, uh, we're starting to get a Brazilian contingent, which I've never seen us as a team that has a Brazilian contingent. And it definitely feels like we have one now. Now, if only we can start playing with some of that fluidity that Brazil is known for. Well, right now we're kind of playing like the Brazilian national team is playing right now. So. Right. Yeah. It, this is the Brazil in our minds, not on the field. Yeah, Exactly. All right. Well, I think that's a good place to take a break for right now. Uh, we've somehow gotten through an hour. I don't know where the time goes. I just but, enjoy talking soccer with you, so I think it uh, goes fast for me too. It's a, it's a, it's a good sign. Uh, let's take a quick break, and we've got uh, we've got at least one question. Yeah, we've got one question for you. Yeah, that's of course a we question. do. Yeah, so we'll we'll come back uh, and answer that question right after this. We've got one question for you this week, which is sad and we need more. Thank you to Joe Robinson for actually showing up for us this week and getting us a question. But the rest of you, 
do your job. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a slow week. There's a, it's hard to, 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 to have questions. I think a lot of us are also excited about the Euros, which I am definitely excited for the Euros starting because Sweden's going to win the Euros, as we oh, all know. Yes, of course. Common yeah. knowledge. Common. They're, they're going to destroy France. Oh, so hard. Actually, <laughs> I mean, if you want, I, I think there's a chance they may. And the, the Sweden team's tidy. They're not, they're, they're not to be overlooked. Okay. All right. I'll watch some. I'll watch some Sweden games, see what's up. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, the rest of you send in questions. But for this, this week, we got one from Joe. Uh, what is your favorite slow news day transfer gossip? I seem to recall David Villa or Gonzalo Higuain would be linked with Arsenal every time the newspapers had nothing else to say. <laughs> My, my my favorite is always whatever disenfranchised, upset French person or French player is a, is around getting a, a link. We we seem to always get those those links to whoever. Like I'm pretty sure at some point there's going to be a slow news day link to. Uh, uh, why am I? I'm totally blanking on his name, and I just thought of it. Uh, French player playing for uh, Barcelona, Griezmann, Griezmann, mm, Griezmann. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm pretty sure we're going to get a Griezmann link any moment now because that's just how lazy the the back pages in England are. Uh, even though we don't really have the French connection as as we used to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was thinking um, Benzema's uh, other name that, that that popped into my head is somebody we were seemed to to pop up regularly as far as links and. Uh, yeah, that that one's that one sticks out to me. But I, f- I feel like there's others that are, are, you know, the the transfer gossip tends to leave my brain as soon as it, like we get to the next the next window. <laughs> it's like I know I've told this story before, but it's it's why. And I'm sorry for the listeners. I probably should do a better job as a professional professional podcaster because I'm a professional podcaster. Uh-huh. Uh, You're licensed. I'm licensed in everything. <laughs> uh, but uh, I when I was a bit younger, I used to follow like every single transfer rumor and then I'd get so excited about a player and like I'd research all about it. And, you know, I was, I was following it before the 24 hour news cycle. So it'd be like a player that you would hear somewhere, or, like see like in a, uh, a random link or when you listen to ours cast or whatever. And I, I remember that I'd gotten so excited about so many players and they broke my heart that I just, it, it, it doesn't amuse me anymore. Like I just am like, I'd rather wait to get to know the player and to, when they have the uh, the shirt and the scarf around their neck and the official link on the podcast. So yeah, anymore I don't pay attention to them because it just it breaks my heart. But I know you like you like a good transfer rumor. Yeah, I pay attention to them. I, it's it keeps me entertained in the off season. But I, it's it's I don't dig into players that much until it like start you know, it's, it's almost irrefutable that they're, they're coming. Um, and even then, I mean, stuff can go wrong. So it's hard to, like you said, it's hard to get too excited and have your heart broken because it happens all too often. I'm going to start a wicked transfer rumor here or at least uh, talk about it. Yeah. We've got a few minutes left on the cast. (laughs) Would you take Harry Kane? Oof, no. He's, he's, uh, he's, he's rumored to be going. Yeah, but even like, he's a dirty player. 
even though he's good, I just he's a dirty player and he's a dirty Tottenham player. So I mean, that's that's like two major strikes against you. Yeah. I just I can't I I can't get by. Like if he was like uh, a good guy that happened to play for Tottenham, I might be okay. Might be okay with it. And that's not just me like saying, oh, all Tottenham players are are garbage or assholes or anything like that. You you could see the you could see what he does on the field, and I I just don't appreciate that, and I don't really want that as part of Arsenal. Yeah, no, I mean, I hate the player quite a bit, and I, I totally agree. I just the thing is, I think it would be the funny for the lols. It would, it's in the same way that like when we got Sol Campbell from them, mm-hmm. <laughs> it was funny for the lols, and it was it made them so mad, and I think getting their talismanic striker i don't like him but it's it's weighing the, the the amount of dislike i have for him for the amount of anger that it would cause tottenham fans like it would be, it'd be good for the vance it would it, it, so it there's would that, be that. It, it, the 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 amount of chaos that it would cause would would make me happy but at the end of the day i hope i would take i would be ideals if we bought him didn't play him for about half a season and then got more money for him on the transfer market. That'd be the ideal. <laughs> yeah. Any, any, any way we can rub salt in their, their wounds would be fantastic. But, um, that aside, I don't know if I, I would, I would take him knowing what we know about him. Which is a, what, what, what wicked transfer rumor would you love to start with Arsenal? Would you, uh, <laughs> Um, I, I, I still think, uh, if, if we could make the Mbappe dream come true, <laughs> I, I just want to see that, uh, that, that, that storyline come full circle. One of those almosts come back and, and actually sign for us. I know it Mbappe is so good. I, I, <laughs> I know it's cliche and we all know it, but he like just watching him play, he's, he he turns out to be a good player. So yeah, yeah. Tur- turned out he really was good, and we probably yeah. should have pushed harder to sign him back when Banger was sitting in in his li- living room chatting up his family. <laughs> well, and uh, for me, it would be it would be awesome to get at least get him away from that PSG team because you know the way I think PSG is being a bad influence, especially uh, Neymar on Mbappe and to get mm-hmm. him out of that environment and bring him to the great clubhouse that Arsenal is. That's such a great environment. Right. <laughs> at least at least better than PSG, I feel. Sure. Uh, I think uh, it would be helpful for him as a player and make him more likable. So yeah, I like that. North North London is clearly the better place to be than Paris. <laughs> yes, totally. <laughs> um, okay, I think... I think I, I'm good for this week because we, we've got we've got a lot more to talk about in future weeks. I hope I, I, I hope that we have actual concrete rumors or some great euros to talk about with the four players that are available for Arsenal. You know, and and, it, and if you guys want to ask any questions about the Swedish national team, I will or Swedish club teams, I will talk for hours and hours about both and or either. So. Please feel free to help us fill in those. Or if you have any questions about Arsenal, Swedish Arsenal players, then uh, where they are now, where they were, where they came from, ask away. I would love to answer. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm trying to finally read Fever Pitch right now. Oh, such a good book. I've. I'm. 
I picked it up like probably half a dozen times and get get a little ways in, put it down, forget what it happened or forget what it said. <laughs> so I pick it up and start all over again. So every time I say this is going to be the time, it's not that I dislike it. I always just like get distracted by other things. Yeah. And have you seen the British movie? Not the American one with uh, uh, not the Drew baseball Barrett. one, not the baseball one, but the the British one that's based on Arsenal. No, I didn't and know I, there was a British version. Yeah, and it's a uh, Colin Firth is uh, the uh, the lead actor. Huh? Yeah, it's really good. I it's it comes in and out of distribution in the U.S. Every once in a while, Netflix has it, and then they'll drop it for a while, and they'll pick it up again. So I'm gonna I, write that down to look yeah. that up. Cause I would watch that. Oh, it's, it's so good. It's one of the best, like, I don't know, soccer movies about being an Arsenal fan. Like he, <laughs> it totally gets the, uh, the, the misery and the joy. I, I didn't know I was missing out on that. So that, that'll be my homework. Yeah. As well as actually reading the book. Yeah. It sounds like I'm like doing a book report and be like, huh, maybe I should just watch the movie instead. <laughs> I mean, the book is far better, as always, because <laughs> the book is a nonfiction, whereas the movie is based on a nonfiction book, but it's fictional. So, right. Well, just I, I knew to avoid the the baseball version with Jimmy Fallon. Yes, it's Jimmy Fallon and Jim. <gasps> I've never watched it because I've watched the British version, and then I'm like, oh, that just sounds so bad. And like they try so and bad. compare it to the Boston Red Sox, and I'm like, yo, no, that's not the comparison. That no. is so. So not the right. Ugh. Oh, that could be a fun timbit sometime is to figure out which baseball team Arsenal is. I don't know if I know baseball well enough. Huh, just put it in your hopper. Show up sometime. <laughs> to start researching baseball between now and whenever that question comes up. <laughs> exactly. You may have like a week. You may have like several months. <laughs> you never know. I just have to brush up on all baseball all the time. Exactly. Just to be ready for that question. Okay, well, let's wrap things up. Uh, thank you all for joining us for this full episode. If you would like to subscribe to this podcast, we are everywhere you want to be. So go to your uh, podcast player of choice, hit that subscribe button, leave a review, and uh, we'd love you forever for that. And it helps us out in getting the word out and letting people know. So if you're a longtime listener, if you're somebody who's sent in questions and interacted with us, do us a favor, go that next step and, and review and subscribe. Also, don't forget YouTube is another place where we are at, and we would love your subscription there too. If you don't watch um, our YouTube videos and uh, want to get down on that, just search YouTube for Western North London, and that's where that's the easiest way to find our videos. And I mean, I've been putting on beard oil now that we've been uh, videotaping our or YouTubing our uh, our uh, podcast just so, to look a little bit better and sharper. Every, so every video, Tim gets more dapper. So go watch all the <laughs> other videos so you can see the evolution uh, of Tim's beard and beard oil, his beard accessories. <laughs> I'll have to put in a bead or something next time. <laughs> Just a sweet single braid. Yeah. I like it. So yeah, watch the video or you'll never know. Tim's not going to say anything about it. He's just going to subtly have just a braid in there. It, you, you're going to have to catch it on your own. Um, if you want to send us a question, you know, be like Joe. Everybody needs to be more like Joe or one of the many people who sends us questions in regularly. If you want to be one of those people, 
west of north london at gmail.com is a great place to send those uh or twitter we are at w of n london um we would love to get your questions at either location and uh on twitter we do occasionally send stuff your direction as well so if you want to take in things from us and send us things it's it's a whole symbiotic relationship i mean i'm still banned from twitter because i've never reactivated my account but so if you want to be cooler than tim (laughs) (laughs) you can uh you can join twitter and follow us there um but you won't hear anything from tim apparently (laughs) uh if the other way you can uh send us a message is uh via our voicemail and that's uh anchor.fm slash west of north london slash message and we will add your your voice message to our next episode and answer any question uh same goes for however you send us questions it doesn't have to just be arsenal we will take recommendations we will take your uh rando questions uh send it all our way and uh see what happens you never know <laughs> um if you like the theme theme song uh check out bobcat b-o-b-c dot a-t is where you can find their website no course to follow is their most recent album and uh, you can find that and much more right there i think that is all for this week and as always see you at the next gun show